We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the Wazzaro In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast. Hooping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. All right, everybody joining us now on Setting the Pace. He's no stranger to you guys. He is Bob Kravitz from bobkravitz.com. BK, how's it going? It's going well, my friend. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. So we were trying to get you on last week before the season was over, or before the, I should say, the break came. And you were out golfing, and you were like, I, I can't do this week, but maybe next week I can. And I thought it was perfect timing just because you were able to get back in town for the All-Star Weekend. And well, just a great representation uh, from Indiana once again, hosting a big event. I mean, wasn't able to be there for it. I know you were there. So just kind of talk me through what you thought of Indiana as a host once again for a big event. Well, I, I thought, you know, uh, as expected, uh, they knocked it out of the park. Now the uh, the weather did not cooperate, obviously. Um, you know, and I can't really tell you about the, the whole uh, social scene downtown because um, one of the problems with covering something in your own city is that at the end of the day, you got to go home, yeah. you know, back up <laughs> to the suburbs and you can't stay downtown and, uh, and tear it up. 
So there was no tearing it up. There was just Bob going home in the snow um, on Friday night. And uh, but the, the, you know the signage, the artwork, uh, everything went you know so smoothly. And I know that the writers, you know, except for the weather, the writers appreciated the fact that they didn't have to get in a bus to go somewhere to uh, do all the press conferences as we had to in uh, Salt Lake City. So uh, mm -hmm. another another feather in the cap of Indianapolis. So where were most of the interviews held at? Uh, the, most of them were either at Gamebridge or at Lucas Oil. Okay. Mostly at Gamebridge, yeah, in, in one of the back areas uh, right by the uh, – by the restaurant there. So, uh, it was, it was very, it, it was typically convenient. You know, I mean, that's the thing that everybody loves about Indianapolis. I mean, you know, what's his name? Uh, Draymond said, let's not do this in Indy again. And, you know, first of all, shut up Draymond, but I understand. I mean, you know, the weather was pretty, pretty miserable for two of the three days, unfortunately. Well, let, let's just stay there for a minute because obviously this is a talking point. I think it's just kind of ridiculous uh, when your NBA on TNT, you know, they're representing the NBA here. And when they're kind of crapping on the city that's yeah. hosting, I, I feel like it's very, very tacky. And and I know Draymond is Draymond. He's just going to speak his mind. Charles Barkley the same way. Uh, even Kenny the Jet Smith had some controversial comments that he made over the weekend. But I, I just feel like I understand why, like, the players might want the warmer weather, but – isn't this about the fans and isn't this about all these cities getting an opportunity to right. host the NBA there? No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I didn't take it personally because it's Draymond, you know, but uh, you're right. I mean, they, I thought the whole weekend was a love letter to Indianapolis and, and to the Pacers and the history of basketball in our state. And then for Draymond to say something stupid like that, I thought was out of line. So uh, I, it just, it didn't bug me. It just, I just figured Draymond being Draymond. Yeah. Now this is just me talking here. So you can feel differently if you want. I would love to hear your opinions because for a guy that got suspended and almost retired, Adam Silver had to talk him out of it for, for him to go through this long suspension after all of his outbursts that he's, that he's had throughout his career, but let alone like just once again, this season, don't you think it's a little bit weird having him kind of represent the NBA as an analyst at this point, knowing all that he's gone through. Like, don't you think there should be some time to step away from all that and just not really be a face? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, the thing about Draymond is, and, and you know, uh, feel free to disagree. He's really good on TV. Yeah, I he mean, is. He, he has really got that media touch, um, both on the podcast and TV and everything else. I just, I don't know. You when you, when you're killing that much time, and I, I I watched some of the pregame show. It seemed like it went on for seven hours, uh, you know, and the postgame. I you know you're 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 eventually going to say something stupid, but uh, yeah, I I did find that odd that so soon after his suspension and everything else that he's back in the saddle uh, working for TNT. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's just what I was saying because. I like Draymond a lot on TV. I think he's smart. I think he knows the game pretty well. Uh, I always enjoy what he has to say for the most part, but I do find it a bit exhausting when, you know, you're just crapping on a city for no reason. Like, okay, it snowed. It's it's obviously it's the it's the Midwest. It's February. Like it's 
a possibility it's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, it, it's still one of those things where a lot of stuff is indoors. You can connect. Oh, all of course. Indoors all around with the convention center being connected and stuff like that. So I just kind of felt like it wasn't the end of the world here, but uh, you know, we'll just let bygones be bygones here. But I, I know you did a lot of the, the, going around and talking to different people. Was there anybody in particular that you talked to that you felt like you had a really good story or something you wanted to share? Um, you know, uh, it was great seeing Reggie Miller. Um, uh, I did the uh, top 75 piece on him. Uh, I went to New York and we did a long Q and a when I was employed by the athletic. So that was pretty cool. Um, I got a chance to, um, see J.O., and we talked for a few minutes at the uh, uh, the uh, the ceremony, the tip off ceremony. Mm-hmm. We ran into one another and, and talked for a little bit. No great stories, just kind of catching up. It, it was cool. I got to tell you, it was really cool to see uh, the old Pacers celebrated. I wish Danny Granger would come back because I think he was a big part of this organization. I don't know the whole story behind that. Uh, maybe you do, but um, it, it was really, it was just neat to see Neto and Freddie Lewis and everybody like that, see the ABA represented because that started everything here. No, that's that's great because I, I love seeing all those guys together on the stage during the All-Star game, getting honored. And I was, I threw this idea at you during the summer last year, I think before the season started, about a Pacers ring of honor and Seeing all those guys there, I just felt like, man, this is the perfect time to kind of let let you know bygones be bygones once again, and just kind of like move forward with all the stuff that maybe happened in the past that they were afraid to kind of promote a guy like Jermaine O'Neal a little bit because he was connected to the brawl. But it, it seems like they've embraced him a little bit more. Same with Ron Artest, a guy that has you know really embraced Indiana. Like it seems like he is really wanting Indiana to do well for himself to feel better about maybe costing them a championship by doing what he did. But even seeing him in the celebrity game, seeing him around, it was just Del Davis, Rick Smith, like so many different guys uh, just here to represent the state of Indiana. I thought it was great. And Reggie Miller, it, it really did feel like him and Tyrese Halliburton were the two main faces for they were. all-star weekend. And I know that they were running around like crazy, just representing it. But uh how do you how do you think Tyrese Halliburton handled all of this that he had to deal with? I mean, he was a very busy man the last oh, four days. Like a champ, man. He was um uh, he did every podcast, he did every um you know, every uh he did everything. I mean, yeah. he it was constant. I mean, he was on with TNT, he was on with ESPN, he was on uh podcasts, he did the thing with Woj. Um over at the Vogue. Um, and, you know, I thought he was going to have a rough game just because he's done so much. You know, he's in the three-point, he's in the skills, he's doing all these, the prom king, as he, you know, self-described. And um, and he had a great game and probably should have won the MVP. Um, so uh, I thought he was a champ. And he's just such a great spokesman for the Pacers. Uh, smart guy, uh, you know, really uh, has a lot to say. And and uh, I thought he, he was a champ the, the whole weekend. Yeah, it felt like he was everywhere. And I think he really was because 
I was like, man, I feel bad for the guy. Like during the celebrity game, he's on ESPN's broadcast, and then he jumps right. over to Gamebridge and he's on uh, TNT's broadcast for the Rising Stars. And it was just, it was just really cool to see how well he was doing in terms of you know embracing this city and being like you said the prom king. So that that to me was awesome. And then Miles Turner, I think that he's a, a, a guy that kind of gets forgotten a little bit. He does. Uh, but he you know, does he so is much such good a, stuff. Yes. He does so much good stuff with the warm initiative and, you know, the homeless population, the needy, needy in our city. Um, yeah, he, he was very involved. I mean, really all the guys were involved in, in, in so many different ways. Um, so I, I, I just thought that it was great for the Pacers. It was great to see Larry. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Larry in forever. Um, so, you know, having him back and, you know, just seeing Larry, Oscar, and Reggie standing in the middle of the court, represent, you know, representing the state of Indiana was, uh, it was, you know, goosebumps. You know, even for a guy who doesn't, isn't from, originally from here like me, mm-hmm. um, but I consider myself a Hoosier now. And to see those three guys, I could only imagine what it's like for people who, who grew up here, who were born and grew up here. Yeah, and we we heard about you know Oscar Robertson's going to be getting a statue. Um, at Attics, yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. I was a little bit surprised though that Larry Bird only got to say four words before the All Star game started. <laughs> well, that's Larry. That's that was probably Larry's call. I mean, Larry talked at the uh, brunch mm-hmm. before before the game. You know, I mean, if you know Larry at all, he he's not a guy who loves the social world. So, yeah. um, I'm sure I, I would guess that uh, he said quite enough for the week. Uh, I thought the Indiana Glory thing, which uh, did you did you have a chance to watch it yet? I, I have not. Yo, man, you'll you'd love it. You'd love it. The only the only thing that came out of it news wise, and he said this before, and I think he's crazy, is Isaiah is convinced that if he was the coach of the Pacers the night of the brawl, it never would have happened. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Ron, Ron was a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And if it didn't happen, then people say they would have won a championship that year. Yes, they had the best team, but at some point, Ronnie was going to go off. I mean, again, ticking time bomb, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, the X's and O's wise too for Isaiah Thomas, I don't know if they would have been as good if they would have been under his coaching instead of Rick Carlisle's too, to make them that special. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that completely. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is, you know, I, I've never seen a guy love himself more, honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, a different I like Isaiah. He, he's funny. He's got a great smile. He's very, you know, bubbly for the same, for, for a certain degree, but I don't know. He just, I don't know. Some of the stuff he says, I think is a little bit delusional with what he thinks. And uh, uh, I, I, I would tend to agree. Uh, we we had our we had our differences when he was here, and we I went to school with him. I mean, uh, we we knew each other uh, when he was a freshman. I was a sophomore, um, and uh, so we got to know each other a little bit. But yeah, he's a different kind of dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So just a lot of stuff going on, obviously. And I know we we were talking before we started the podcast a little bit about this All Star game, and there's been a lot of people frustrated with the product that's being put on the on the court, and you could even kind of tell on Adam Silver's inflection by 
you know, congratulating the East team for having the record most points scored in an all-star game. He didn't seem very pleased with that. So to me, I, I really don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't know if you have any idea on how they could fix it, but it feels like every single year after the all-star game, we always have a, a talking point to talk right. about how bad it was. Is there any way they can fix this? Well, I don't think money, I don't think you can, You. I don't think there's enough money. Like, Money was definitely an issue in the uh, in the tournament, the uh, in season tournament. Mm -hmm. But that's because the guys at the end of the bench were getting a really nice paycheck. If you advanced, the guys who were on two ways, they were getting a nice paycheck. Um, these guys, these guys are all making max. You know, these are all stars. You know, they're 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 all you know sitting on generational wealth. So. Um, I don't think money is going to be the thing that's going to get them to play hard. Uh, somebody suggested that you uh, do like baseball many years ago and the team that wins, that's the conference uh, that gets home court advantage in the finals. But that that diminishes the importance of 82 games. If I'm the Boston Celtics and I've got the best record in the NBA through 82 games and we and the the East lost the you know the the all-star game and we don't get home court in the finals i'd have a problem with that so i'm not sure how you fix it i think it's a culture issue uh i just think the players are different these days um there i mean there's a reason why there's a 65 game threshold because there's this culture now of uh, load management and all the rest and guys just you know, I mean, sports science has taken over the whole thing. Mm -hmm. No, and uh, I agree. And I definitely think, like you mentioned, uh, you know, making it kind of like the baseball uh, setup was, a, you know, designed to whoever wins gets home court advantage in the finals. Like, I definitely think that would help, but I think that there'd be more people upset about it yeah. than anything. And I also well, think if someone were to get hurt during the All-Star game, Right, it would be tough, and you what you really do have to realize too is like about 450 players in the league, right? Something something like that, and 24 of them are all stars. The other 426 are on vacation right now, so I understand why these guys are a little bit like I don't want to give much because I'm kind of on a vacation right now. Like this is my spring break, so to say, uh, of the year in in terms of like trying to get away from just the monotony of everyday basketball life and. It is a lot different than it was just even 10-ish years ago when Kobe Bryant was still playing, right? Right. I, I went back just for the heck of it. I went on YouTube and typed in all NBA All-Star Game, and I just randomly picked a year. I picked 1993. I watched about 10 minutes of it, and there's Barkley fighting for a low post position against Scottie Pippen. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you. I'm what were there, three fouls last night? Yeah. I mean – <laughs> 1993 these guys were going at each they're at each other's throats so you remember the year that Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose oh yeah you know, so uh look I'm not asking for that but just you know man you're playing in front of uh Larry Bird and Oscar Robertson and Reggie Miller and fans who paid a lot of money just make a cursory effort that's all we're asking. Close out on shooters. Try to stay in front of them. Don't shoot from half court or three quarters court or wherever. Um, 
show some respect for the game, show some respect for the fans who uh, have, you know, uh, because of their fandom have put you in a position where you're going to be a very rich man and, and your family is going to be very well off for many generations to come. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought it was, it was bad form. I, I really did. And I, I was hoping we might see some kind of effort and we saw none. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, it feels like if one or two guys, like, at least tried, then other people would, like, either try back out of annoyance or just try back because it's like, okay, this is how we're playing. But I think right now it's just like, and maybe this will maybe this will change once LeBron and Kevin Durant retire. Maybe you get 
some fresh blood in there that kind of want to prove themselves. Like maybe Victor Wimbanyama, when he starts making it, will try really hard and everybody will try to go up against him. I, I think part of the problem too, Bob, is just you see everybody now all the time. And I, I think back when when TV wasn't as big, like you didn't you didn't right. have a chance to watch all 82 games of your favorite team. Like, sure, you could listen on the radio, but you couldn't watch every game. And so now that you have access to every single game, every single night, you know, it's not special to see these guys on TV where back in the day, I feel like it definitely was, you know, this is your chance to be on cable and kind of promote yourself and promote your brand. I mean, everybody promotes now in the social media era. So I don't think the game needs to go away. I've heard a lot of people say like, just get rid of the game. I don't think that needs to go away. I just think the players need to kind of look in the mirror a little bit and say, okay, let's put on a better show. Let's make this, uh, we can play a pickup game harder in the summer than we're doing this right now. So let's at least just play like a pickup level style of play where we don't undercut people or try to foul, but at least we're playing semi-defense, you know, I, I just, the half court shots with, with Dame and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, Luca took that one terrible shot, like way away. It wasn't even like trying. It's like, if you're not even going to try, like why even show up? It was the Bye. same thing for me with Anthony Edwards shooting left-handed, left-handed. in the skills challenge. It's just like, you're disrespecting the game a little bit. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. No, I, it, I just thought it was it was bad form, and you know, you you come to Indiana, which is not the birthplace of basketball, but it's a place where basketball really developed and 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 became popular. And you, I think you do a disservice to to Indiana to the greats who were there. Um, yeah, I mean, I they showed. I, I was watching uh, on TV a little bit, and Oscar Robertson looked disgusted. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, uh, you know, I, I, I would not want to put on that kind of performance in front of Larry, uh, Larry Oscar and, uh, and Reggie. I, I just, um, you know, we all thought that they had looked in the mirror after last year's abomination in Salt Lake city. And then they went out and did exactly the same thing. So I, I just think it's part of the, the NBA culture now. It makes you wonder too. Could Adam Silver have like a conversation with some of the leaders and say like, "Hey, we got to step this up moving forward." Like, if not, we're gonna have to change something up. And I don't know what they do, but it feels like maybe if he has like a couple one-on-one meetings with like some of the bigger faces. He already in the did, league. Alex. He, he, him, and Joe Dumars met with the players and the teams prior to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halliburton talked about it and basically told them, "Look, guys, we got to put on a decent show." And they didn't. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was a major sign of disrespect for a guy who I think is the best commissioner in sports and of the major sports. And that's why he was so pissed off after the game. Like, eh, well, here you go. Here's your damn trophy. <laughs> yeah. No, you could tell he was ticked. That there was no doubt about that. And I and I appreciated him having that tone of voice, just because I, I think that like a public. Uh, display of disappointment goes a long way behind, you know, instead of just doing it behind closed doors. I did not know that he had talked to them before the season started, but like, yes, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I don't know. It's a, I I think someone's going to have to come in and just change the culture of it. And I think a player is going to have to do it. It's really up to them. I don't, I I don't know how they fix it, but they do. Peyton Manning Manning was very, instrumental in making the pro bowl a little bit more competitive for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
that's what you need. You need you need one of these new blood guys. And because right now the new blood, they just want to go along to get along. I mean, Anthony Edwards shooting left-handed, you know, uh he, he talked after the game about not taking it seriously. You know, even Halliburton talked a couple of weeks ago. I asked him about, you know, how do you improve the uh all-star game? And he said, eh, you know, he probably can't. You know, there's only so much you can ask of guys who are going through the grind, especially when playing 65 games is so important and, and means so much financially. So I understand where they're coming from, but gosh, I don't know. I, I'm just a big respect the game guy, and mm. that was disrespectful, not only to the game, but I thought to the host city um, and, and to Adam Silver, who expected better. Yeah, especially if you talk to them before, like, and, and you and you talk about it, like, he is a beloved uh, commissioner by the players because he has done a lot to give the players a lot more of a, of a say in what's going on. And uh, I feel like he is the players' commissioner more so than David Stern ever was. Oh, sure. Uh, I, I, I kind of wonder if he might <laughs> be part of the problem, too. You, you kind of wonder, would David Stern allow something like this to happen? Uh, what would he do to change it? Uh, if he were the commissioner versus Adam Silver, because Adam Silver just kind of seems like the nice guy that goes along with everything and just wants to make the players happy. But you, you rarely see Adam Silver kind of like reprimand players or anything like that. Well, if you noticed, uh, I mean, one of the things that the players complained about was that the uh, player draft before the game, they were just standing around for an hour while they're doing the draft. And then they did the big Cecil B. DeMille productions during the introductions. And if you notice, the introductions were shorter and mm -hmm. less flashy, less gaudy this year. And I think that was a nod to the players uh, to say, look, we're not going to make you stand around for an hour and a half uh, getting cold and not being ready to play. So I think the league tried to accommodate uh, the players, uh, but the players did not accommodate the league. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. It's just... Uh... I don't know. It, it, it's broken, but it's. I think it's fixable. It's just going to take some some time to do that. So, uh, moving on. Obviously, a lot of great stuff happened this weekend. But looking forward to the rest of this season for the Pacers. I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on how you feel like this team has looked since they've acquired Pascal Siakam, and uh, maybe what your expectations are for them the rest of this season. Well, they've got. And correct me if I'm wrong. Don't they have like the third softest schedule in the league? They were they were close to that. The last time I checked, they were like twenty fifth or twenty sixth. So okay, uh, yeah. I mean, but those are the teams that have been giving them problems. Yeah, I mean, you know, they beat Boston. They they've owned Milwaukee. They beat the Knicks in New York. Uh, beat Philly, uh, but they have problems with with Portland and Charlotte and folks like that. I just think they need to grow up a little bit. Uh, I think Matherin needs to. You know, use this weekend as like a jumping off point um, to to raise his game. Um, you know, I but I think they're moving in the right direction. You know, you've got uh, Philadelphia is going to slowly uh, slowly disappear. Um, you know, from the near the top of the East. So, I you know I I think it's perfectly legitimate to say that the Pacers are could be the fifth seed or maybe even the fourth. But, um, you know, uh, I I like what they're doing. I, they, they just need to 
They just need to be a little more consistent against bad teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I just looked it up. So they have the 19th uh, toughest schedule remaining. So just just out of that bottom third for easiest schedule left, but right there in the mix. So you're right. They they do need to compete better against the teams that are terrible, and you can't have lapses against a team like Charlotte, uh, which they've done twice this year, Portland twice this year, uh, Washington, the Washington Wizards on the road. Like, I mean, sorry, that you just should not lose that game no matter how bad you're struggling. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, and I think that once Halliburton is fully back, it'll be right. interesting to see if he's fully back. He looked pretty springy in that All-Star game, and all All-Star weekend, it looks like he's starting to feel like himself again. So, Hopefully we can see the Halliburton we saw earlier in the year when he's skipping around and dancing and having a good time. But I think right now it's just at one point I had looked it up and Siakam had played with like six or seven different starting lineups. And he's played like, I don't remember how many games, but I was like shocked at how many different starting lineups he's already been paired with just because the Pacers have had so many injuries. Right, right. I mean, I think Siakam has been exactly what you expected, but – you know, I, I just don't feel like we've really seen him and Halliburton uh, completely mesh yet because of the time restriction and the injury. Um, but once those guys pull it together, I think this could be a really, really dangerous team. Uh, assuming they make the playoffs, I think they can be a really dangerous team in that first round. No, and I and I agree with you there. I, I think they're going to be tough. And we we saw Halliburton put on a show last night in the All-Star game. We've seen Halliburton do it time after time. So I'm excited to see what he looks like when the spotlight's the brightest on him in a playoff series. And I don't know where they're going to finish up at, but it just feels like they are destined to play Milwaukee in the playoffs this year. I don't know if you feel that way or not, but it feels like everything from the All-Star game to the Pacers beating them four games to one in the regular season, like it just feels like this is brewing into, okay, they got to play each other in the playoffs. Well, it, it it would be perfect. I mean, with the whole, you know, ball situation yes. and then the idea that uh, Lillard hogged his way to the MVP over Halliburton, um, it would be great, great theater. Um, you know, I mean, look, Milwaukee's going to be a different team in the playoffs, but, you know, they don't play – I mean, you talk about the Pacers, Milwaukee doesn't play any defense. So mm-hmm. – I think I think it could be a really extraordinary uh, series between those two teams. I totally agree, and I and I was laughing because so many fans hate the Bucks. I mean, it was just great to see fans in uh, the Fieldhouse booing Dame when he won <laughs> the MVP. I enjoyed that they booed Jalen Brown when he did the terrible D Brown replica dunk. That wasn't awful. even close. <laughs> that was just awful. Oh. Yeah, I mean, so uh, it, it was. Um, it, it was it was funny. Uh, I mean, Ernie Johnson tried to, uh, you know, cut into some of the booing, but uh, with no no success. Indiana fans are smart. Yeah, they, they know he was just chucking to get the MVP. So mm. and, yeah, and they, it, it should have been Halliburton, but you know, I guess I'm a homer. I am a homer too. I, I mean, with the efficiency, even Skip Bayless said, it. "I mean, why would Skip Bayless hate Damian Lillard?" I have no reason for that, but. Uh... Wait, wait, wait. I, I, so I'm I'm agreeing with with Skip Bayless. A lot of Pacer fans were. He was pretty adamant that Halliburton was obviously the better player than oh Damian Lillard. God. So. I, I have to rethink everything now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously Dame hit the half court shots and he was chucking, and he had 11 more shots than Halliburton overall. But Halliburton only had one three uh, less than him, 10 to 11. So I mean, it was 
you know, Jalen Brown said it best. Like he thought the hometown guy should have got it. But um, this Bucks rivalry, though, I, I, I was laughing because at the at the Woj Pod uh, at the Vogue, it was so funny because Halliburton was talking about growing up being a Bucks fan, and Woj was like, you know, trying to avoid saying the Bucks were not a good team, and Halliburton just said, "Yeah, the Bucks sucked when I was a fan of them uh, growing <laughs> up." And there was a someone in the audience that said, "Yeah, and they still do," and I thought it was hilarious. I, I think that. The fan bases are going to be just absolutely insane from both sides if this is a playoff series. It's been great, you know, the last the last couple of weeks going 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 to the field house and the 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 crowds have been terrific. It's just nice to uh, see Pacers fans activated again the way they the way they used to be, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't wait for a playoff a playoff series because it's been way too damn long. Absolutely. So I'll leave you with this one. You talked about Benedict Mather and hopefully, you know, using this all-star weekend to kind of, you know, take that stepping stone into the rest of the regular season and really kind of carry that bench load because they need him to do that with how they've had to reassemble after the Buddy Hill trade. So um, the rivalry that he has with Jaden Ivey. uh, Wow. I love it. I think it's great. Um, but I also know that they play each other Thursday when they first come back. So that'll be must-see TV for Pacers, Pistons. You wouldn't usually say that with right. how bad the Pistons have been. But uh, just, like, what were your overall thoughts on Matherin being mic'd up and talking trash to, to Ivy and Ivy, you know, totally changing his face and then Matherin hitting that step back three over him and just uh, really making sure he let Ivy know that, hey, I think I'm better than you. Yeah, I – I like it. I mean, I, I I like the fact that you've got some Pacers who've got some dog in them, you know, and uh, I think every team needs a guy like Matherin who's got a little bit of that edge, a little bit of that angry, you know, approach to things. Um, no, I, I, I had no problem with it, but he better deliver against Ivy. That's all I'll say. He better deliver. Yeah, I, I will say this. It felt like since Rick Carlisle wasn't at the All-Star weekend, Matherin felt a little bit more loose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he he was he was a lot of fun the whole weekend. He he really got into it. Uh even even the media availabilities, he was a little more a little looser than he normally is. Yeah, he usually just says, Yeah, for sure. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. That's what he always yeah. says. And I'm like, man, can you just open up a little bit? And I, I definitely think his LeBron comments, like when he was just talking, like being funny about and LeBron's going to prove he's better than me, like pre-draft ever since then. And like how that like blew up, he's been really reserved in what he says. Yeah, so, he has. It's so Roy Hibbert. Roy, Roy was great with the media. And then he said some stuff that got him in trouble. And all of a sudden he clammed up. We don't want that. As media people, we oh, want tell the truth, tell your story. Yeah, and that's what I like about Halliburton. Like he's so like thoughtful with what he says, and he's not afraid to kind of like just say like what's on his mind about things because he doesn't really have anything to hide. Like the whole no. like Bucks ball, game ball thing. Like he could have easily deflected that and just kind of moved it on. But like I like that he's gone in depth with like different people about it and, and how it happened and. He's not backing down. I, I just appreciate the authenticity from him. And I think Turner slowly becoming more open uh, as he gets a little bit more comfortable here being the, the go-to center now. Yes, absolutely agree. Yeah, Miles Miles is very um, – I mean, he's authentic, but he's guarded. He is, yeah. He's guarded. You know, he, 
he doesn't want to say the wrong thing, uh, which which I can I can appreciate. But he he's such a he's sometimes the smart the really smart guys say absolutely nothing because mm-hmm. they're smart enough to know that sometimes media gets it wrong. But uh, you know I, I think Miles Miles is I, I enjoy talking to Miles. I, I really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially enjoy talking to Halliburton and his two voices. Well, yeah, what's up with that? We, we, in the, I mean, those of us who are around him a little more frequently, obviously the, the beat guys are around him all the time, but he has two voices. Yes. He, yeah. He's got two, two different timbers to his voice, if that's the correct term. Um, well, it is now, I guess. But it, it's the most bizarre thing. McAfee brought it up on the show the other day, and he's like, yeah, people have told me that. I mean, I will say this. As someone that's heard him do it during a, a post-game press conference or whatever, you just can't really call him out on that. Pat McAfee is like one of the only guys I think that could actually call him out on that. Oh, uh, absolutely. Well, and, and it, what was that? Yeah, no, no, I yeah, McAfee was he's like, do you know you have two voices? <laughs> yeah, that's not something that uh, I I see Dustin Dopirak saying anytime soon. <laughs> no, I mean, I, can you imagine him saying to be like, so Ty, what's up with the two different voices? Like, yeah, yeah, how which, would that go which, over? Which voice are we going with in this interview? Yeah, to to me, I feel like the 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 deeper voice is not really his voice. I feel like he's like trying to like use that as his voice. And then he gets caught like with the higher pitch one. And I feel like that's more who he actually is. I don't know. I just, I, I, just, I don't know. It's all too confusing for it, me. It at, is, least I, says, at least he says interesting stuff. Yes. That's all that matters. And, I, and I've had like people like reach out and be like, is Tyree's voice like, is it changing or is it the mic? And I'm like, no, it's definitely changing. It's not the mic, but it sure sounds like there's like a mic issue with it. Like the audio is messed up or the frequency yeah. happens. It's, it's yeah. very weird. I've got to do that story someday. You you have to do it. But Bob, I've kept you too it. long. I appreciate your time and no problem, buddy. Coming on here, chat with me. Anything else you, you want to plug before we let you go? Oh, just uh, bobkravitz.com. Uh, read me, uh, subscribe to me, and make me happy. That's all we ask. And uh, Bob is enjoying his night as uh, he's sipping the night away. So uh, <laughs> we will as uh, always. We'll be back tomorrow for more episodes of Setting the Pace. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you then. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.